Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, hot off the heels of an exciting round 19 with only one round still to go anywhere from first to fifth can still be secured by any club. The finals race getting really exciting now. We're going to review round 19 all for you today on the official podcast of the WAFL. Paul Pussy is my name. It's great to have your company in the back chat studios. And alongside me once again is Mark For uh, Mark Foreman. Forey, how are you, mate? Another exciting round of footy in the books. Good, thanks, Paul. Good to be here. It is. It's uh, one round to go now. And uh, yeah, like we keep speaking about, how good, how log jammed that top five is. So... Uh, really cool, an interesting set of results from the weekend too. Absolutely, not just from uh, Revo Fitness Stadium, but also in Mandra and also up at uh, Fremantle Oval as well. Now, before we do get to the games, and also we're going to be speaking to East Fremantle coach Bill Monaghan in just a moment following their win over Perth, it is hammer time for two more years for you. Hamish Brayshaw, the co-captain of East Perth, is staying a Royal until the end of 2025. Saw that, and uh, a huge news for them as well. It's been It was great to speak to him the other week. And it just sounds like a character. He's the sort of person that you need around your footy clubs. Mm. Like, and he, he brings, well, we know he's a quality footballer, but he brings so much more than that, which was what I sort of love about doing a lot of these chats. You find out about these people and what makes them tick and we can see how important he is to, to East Perth. He's backing it up on the field this season as well. So plenty of the football against the West Coast Eagles on Saturday and we'll speak about that in just a little bit. Just a reminder that every game of WAFL football throughout the 2023 season, round 20 and every final is live, free and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. One of the clubs who is Almost locked in top spot. Still one game to go, but they're almost there. East Fremantle with their eighth win in a row over the weekend against Perth. And their coach, Billy Monaghan, very impressed about the result, but knows that there is still one more left before the finals. And speaking of Bill Monaghan, he's good enough to join us. The coach of East Fremantle. Bill, welcome to the show, mate. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, Bill. Great to have you here on the show. First off, it was a good game, a good performance by your boys against Perth, but uh, you'd have to give credit to the Demons too. They were very competitive for three quarters at least. It was that third quarter where your boys just turned it on. Yeah, look, they were they worked hard, they ran hard, they tested us around stoppage, um, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't a walk in the park. Um, you know, Forty nine points suggest in the end it was a, a fairly comfortable um, victory, but. You know, most of that damage on the scoreboard was done, you know, in a 15 or 20 minute patch in the third quarter. So, you know, I was really impressed with Perth. They've got a lot of speed, you know, and they're probably just missing a couple of key players at either end of the ground and, um, you know, they're developing nicely. So um, we had our work cut out and we could get the points and, and chip back and, and start preparing for this week. Uh, Bill, final game of the season coming up and you're, you're playing one of the, the contenders for the Premiership this year. Is is that a good thing or do you prefer to finish the season with perhaps a, an, well, e- I suppose there's no easy games, but, you know, do, would you rather play one of the trendsetters or one of the lowly teams as you head into the finals? Well, the competition's fairly even. So, you know, there's probably four or five sides. You know, if you look at a couple of sides outside of the top five in West Perth and Swans have been in pretty good form. So, you know, there's it, it, not too many easy games and you, you have to be, you know, on your game 
from the start or, you know, sides can and get you um, at any stage. So, but is it a good thing? I'll tell you at five o'clock on, <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, if we, we get up and we win and we lock away top spot, then it's probably a, a blessing. And if we lose and, and drop down a second or third, then I'll probably say, oh, it would have been nice to play a, you know, someone where we could have got a victory. So um, a lot of it will be hindsight and, and, and reflecting afterwards. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, as they say. I'm just going to want to talk about one of your players, Bill, who was impressive over the weekend and has been throughout the season. Fraser Turner, coming from South Adelaide to join East Fremantle this season. A lot of people have rated him pretty highly this season. He's a very solid footballer, and he's proven that with his form this season. Yeah, look, he's been very good um, all year. He runs hard, works hard. You know, like like all our players, there's a few things in his game that you know he's constantly working on, and we're working with him to, to be the best version of himself. Um, but you know, 37 touches, um, five or six clearances. Um, I ran hard all day. He he was um, very good for us on the weekend. Bill, you've been around the, the WAFL for quite some time now. I wanted to look more broadly at the competition itself. Uh, perhaps the crowd numbers aren't, well, no, they're not what they once were. How do you see the strength of the WAFL at the moment? I think it's a fantastic competition. Unfortunately, like a lot of second-tier competitions around the world, um, you know, and in Australia with, with some of the, the, the competitions we have here that, you know, you're... You don't get a lot of funding. You don't get a lot of crowd. Um, you know, you you bite and scrap for every every dollar that you earn. Um, but that doesn't take away from the quality of the the people and the players who are who are in the competition. They work hard. You know, our guys spend three or four days a week training. You know, sometimes like on the weekend we did a Sunday morning recovery. You know, four training sessions a week and game day. It's a it's a fairly big commitment, and the players are. You know, they're fit and they're strong. They're running. They're running fast every year. So it mimics the AFL in in a lot of ways. Um, it just unfortunately we're we're the second tier and we get fifteen hundred or two thousand people to the game. Then you know that's not a bad crowd nowadays. But the players are, are fantastic. And the quality of the waffle this year, um, I think you know if you look at the ladder, you know, take out probably West Coast, but with all the issues they've got and and Perth are at the start of a, a pretty savage rebuild. Um, most of the other games are, are pretty tight, and, mm. and the quality and the way we play in state footy, um, you know, I think it's a pretty decent competition. And it's certainly uh, a very open one, as you see on the on the ladder, with all positions in the five not safe until the end of round 20. Bill, congratulations on another great regular season thus far for East Fremantle. All the best for the game against Subiaco in round 20. It's going to be an absolute beauty. Thanks for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. That was Bill Monaghan, the coach of the East Fremantle Football Club. And I have to say, he's really been that huge difference for East Fremantle. You know, they'd been in the doldrums for a long time, the Sharks. The Genesis formed in 2021, got a couple of big wins late, preliminary final last year. And I have to say, if he's not coach of the year this year, then something is wrong. He's just continuing on that success and getting so much more out of his players. And, you know, if they lock up top spot in the ladder in a week off, it's well-deserved. Oh, it is. They've been really quality this year, and you're right. We know we know that Bill Monaghan uh, is has a good track record of, of coaching and successfully coaching at this level. I think I think it was just before he went to East Fremantle. He was in a grand final, grand with, final with, with West Perth, West Perth. And won so, a flag ten years ago with them. Yeah, so we know he can do it, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's great to have uh, people like that 
you know, remain in the competition um, and, and stay around. It's awesome that he's still got the passion for it. And he's clearly passing on some gems of wisdom to the to the Sharks players. Absolutely. And it's paid off very, very well this season with top spot almost there for East Fremantle. All they have to do is beat Subiaco on Sunday and it is theirs for their keeping. Of course, that game and all games in round 20 this weekend is live, free and in full on the AFL app. If you can't make it to the game, there's your source for the best WAFL action. This is Around the Waffle, Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. Let's get to games for you. Round 19 will start off at Revo Fitness Stadium. Claremont just too good for Swan Districts. They needed to win to stay in the five and keep their hopes intact. They did just that. And it was Jai Bolton and Alex Manuel who led the way. Alexander Manuel in particular, he was very effective up forward four goals. And Jai Bolton, there's been a lot of talk about him, you know, his effectiveness when it comes to his uh, disposal. He put those questions to bed on uh, on Saturday. It was one of his more better games this season. Yeah, and, you know, that's a case of making the most of your opportunities, particularly for Manuel, who, who's kicked four goals from uh, six kicks. So... Um, that's, you know, that, that's, that's efficiency. And, and yeah, we, Jai Bolton, Sandover medalist, you know, he, he can clearly play the game. So, uh, finally, I mean, that, that, that's arrested the momentum for Claremont. It was, it was four straight losses. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, slightly confusing, but they, they took a, a physical approach as they often do mm. with Swan Districts. They, um, well, look, they, once again, they did target Jesse Turner a little bit, um, tried to rough him up. He, he still found the footy a bit, but um they're a physical side Claremont and I, I suspect that was probably the message you know when you're on a losing streak like that um you know what what can you control you obviously you can't control what the other team does but I think the message must have been you know let's bring a real physical presence try and bash them up a bit absolutely and Swan Districts unfortunately just had no answer I mean despite the likes of Turner and and Clark finding the football a lot Clark had the 29 touches Jackson McLaughlin he had the 25 but uh, Swan Districts they just could not find a direct counter to Claremont's physical pressure, and that's what outdone them in the end, their own undoing, and uh, and cost them a finals berth. But I will say, Thomas Edwards, again up forward, sensational, also kicked the four goals. He's uh, finishing off the season with a flourish in front of the goal square. Yeah, so I was speaking to my regular sources um, at Swan Districts, and they were uh, watching this game again, and they are just so excited about what Tom Edwards is bringing to this team. Like you said, he's kicked four, but... Um, he took five marks. They, he, he was strong in the air. He, he has a strong presence. And when he wasn't marking it, he was bringing it to ground, you know, doing doing the things a good forward does. So um, they've they've got a ripper there. They um, certainly have. Just looking at those matches, the last few matches that he has been dominant on the scoreboard, round 14-4, round 15-3, and only kicked two goals in two games in round 17 and 18. And then he's gone on and kicked another four. Is that a sensational season up forward? Yeah, and we know that some of his goals have been quite clutch. Yes. You know, one, one of the them siren. After, exactly right. So one of them after the siren, but um, he's also kicking important goals. He, the, the four, one of those games he kicked four goals. They're all all in the last quarter. That's right against to, Subi. Yeah, to come from behind and, and beat Subi. So um, a, a talented player, but uh, what seems to be a player with uh, a lot of composure and. Uh, excitement to his game too, a bit of flair. But that's what a lot of the other Swan Districts players kind of lacked, to be honest with you, on that Saturday against Claremont. And Claremont, you know, with that physical approach, as he said, really took the heart out of Swan Districts in that game. But I'll tell you what, Claremont, they'll still have it all to do. They'll still have to win against Perth in round 20 to hold on to fifth place. Speaking of Perth, well, they had a very good three quarters again, but as Bill said, it was just that 15-minute burst in that third quarter that got the job done for East Fremantle. They were victorious by 49 points, 17-10 to 9. 
9-9. Top spot all but locked in for you, especially with the work of Fraser Turner in midfield. Jackson McDonald again was sensational in the clearances, but it was a day out for Cody Leggett. Seven goals. Uh, Yeah, incredible. So again, making the most of his opportunities. And um, that's a... You know, to do that particularly with, you know, two, well, at the time, two games to go in the year, you know, getting some form under the belt, that's uh, unreal. So he's taken eight marks as well and uh, a, a good, strong presence for, for the Sharks up forward. Um, and well done to Perth. You know, they had a bit of a shocker of a start of a, of a first quarter, but for a young team to sort of compose and hang around, um, they, you know, I think they, they might have even won the second quarter um, and then... Yeah, look, against the trendsetters of the comp, I think they can take a lot away from that game. Especially with the return of a couple of players that really bolster the side. They are getting players back at this time of the year, and that's going to really help Perth put in a lot more competitive efforts because injuries and a lack of depth really has hurt them. But we sort of expected that because Perth were on this huge rebuild that's going to go for about three or four years until they can be really successful again. But Dakota Baldwin-Wright in particular was sensational getting those 32 hit-outs. Yeah. His follow-up work was very, very good. Trent Manzoni, the former West Perth player, again seeing a lot of the footy along with Charlie Thompson and Corey Byrne. And East Fremantle, their forward line was particularly undermanned. Alexander Montalban ruled out late and also Braden Lawler ruled out late. You've also got no Jonathan Marsh who is a bit of a question mark whether he'll be back for round 20 or the second semi-final if East Fremantle hold on to top spot on the ladder. But what's so impressive about East Fremantle, their depth in the forward line just keeps on growing. Well, when you've got, like you said, when you've got the that sort of calibre players out of your team and they've still found players who've kicked multiple goals. I think there's four of them who kicked four. kicked multiple goals. And um, that that's, yeah, like the depth. I think we spoke about it last week. It's usually your bottom six that will almost win your finals mm. rather than your, your best six because... You know, particularly in in the top five of the waffle, every team has out-and-out superstars. And uh, it's that depth that brings it up a little bit. And East Roman will clearly have it there. They certainly do. And so do West Perth at the right time. Let's go over to the third game in Mandra. The Falcons keeping their finals hopes alive, but only just by eight points in the end. 12-8 to 9-18. Peel Thunder, poor kicking in front of goal, could squarely be the blame for that eight-point loss. Yeah, when you kick 18 behind, it's not ideal. So... Um, you know, and a couple of um, a couple of players that you'd think would do better. Trav Collier kicks zero goals three. Yeah. Um, Clay Hall, we know, is a is a, a quality player. He's kicked two behind. So, um, but you, look, you don't you don't um, point the finger at specific individuals when you kick eighteen behinds. It was a team effort. It's funny how it can sometimes be uh, contagious. Yeah. You know, You're like one one misses and the other misses and. And what happens when you kick multiple behinds, the other team so often goes down the other end, kicks a goal and mm. just flattens you. And that happened on multiple occasions out at Lane Group. So huge win for, for West Perth. And, you know, I, credit to them for holding Peel to one goal in yeah. that final quarter. And they kicked three goals themselves as yep. well. You also look at the likes of Tyler Keitel, who again found his form five goals. He's on fire at this late stage in the season, past 50 goals in the uh, Bernie Naller medal for the uh, WAFL goal kicking. Uh, Darcy Dixon had the three goals, but I think the real star of that game was Zach Wadden. I thought from the back line, magnificent. 15 marks, came up clutch <laughs> when it mattered when people were getting those repeat entries inside the 50. Wadden, simply sensational and at the right time as well. Yeah, a few of them were intercepts as well, which is um, you, know, you know quality, but also able to control the footy for West Perth across that back line. So, uh, he, he was good. He's been there a while. Um, he, he brings quality to the side. And the more I look at it, the more you just sort of, uh, it's just such a shame that West Perth have left this run so late yeah. because they're, they're knocking off some quality teams. They're playing good footy, but 
Uh, they've, you know, they've, they've left too much to do a little too late. They now need to rely on Claremont to, to lose to, you know, lowly, lowly Perth. Easier said than done. If they're a chance. Exactly. I mean, look, Peel could lose, but they'd have to lose by about 700 points to <laughs> overturn that deficit. Not, not an so. impossible task, but pretty close to it. <laughs> yeah. I'd be surprised to see a 700-point deficit, Paul. Um, but That'd be like in country footy. Exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, Claremont's the hope. They play Perth and, and they will probably win that. Where is that? Is that at Revo? That's at Revo Fitness Stadium. Yeah. So playing home as well. So... Unlikely, West Perth. Obviously, you know it's not a foregone conclusion either. In the uh, in the the um, against their fierce rivals in East Perth, uh, that'll be a hard game to win too. We'll so. preview both those games, of course, on the Thursday here yep. on Around the Waffle. Let's carry on to the fourth game down at Fremantle Oval and Subiaco keeping uh, their hopes of a top uh, place finish alive. They defeated South Fremantle by thirty points, thirty uh, thirteen fifteen to nine nine. And you talk about the likes of. Uh, Will Hickmott, who we're going to speak to on Thursday here on this show. We, uh, he had an impressive outing, 23 disposals, as did Liam Hickmott, 29. Stefan Gyro, he was impressive as well, the former South Australian. Nine inside 50s, and Zach Clark again setting up. I'd have to say that this is going to be a rough statement. I think his impact wasn't as as great as some other games, but okay. he was still very good, still very good, especially when being challenged by Jimmy Miller, who has been really thrust into that ruck role because South Fremantle, they just haven't got any number one forwards at the moment. No, and oh, and look, they'd, they'd have put the, uh, the heat on Jimmy Miller to take it up to Zach Clark because he's been controlling games from the middle. So I didn't get to watch this, this one, but um, good to see that, you know, it, it can at least be nullified. Like Zach Clark's been so dominant this year that he's been able to rip games away from opposition. So that probably gives a bit of hope to, to other teams as well to show that you can shut him down a little bit. But um, in saying that, you know, he still dominated the hit out, still found the footy a lot and um, was able to have somewhat of an impact. But well done to Jimmy Miller. He's had a good season. He has. And not just uh, playing up forward, but also on the ruck as well. He had the 23 disposals. Tom Bletchenden with 24. But uh, Subiaco, they just had too much firepower everywhere. Yeah. Kentfield, Luca Kentfield, a bit of a bolt from the blue when you think about it. He had four goals from yeah. the seven touches, two goals each to Ryan Borchette and uh, Jack Mayo. And uh, Ben Sokol, it's uh, a rare glimpse uh, in the form, a rare lapse rather, <laughs> of, uh, of the form that he's had late in the season. He was held to just the two behinds. But Subiaco, their depth everywhere where all class in that win at Fremantle Oval. And then finally, the fifth game out at Leaderville Oval. No surprise, East Perth. They needed to win after that loss last week uh, to East Fremantle, and they bounced back in a big way. 15-24 to 10-6 over the West Coast Eagles. They flooded the scoreboard, and it was again Hamish Brayshaw, a great all-round performance. That was the difference, joined as well by Christian Amaduri. He keeps getting it done. He's had 27 and kicked three from the midfield, Hamish Brayshaw. So... Um, you know, loving his footy. That, that's what, again, that's what I love to about these sort of interviews that we do. You get to, you know, meet the characters and uh, he, he's really enjoying his footy. And, and yeah, they, they had a, a lot of even contributors across the board, but West Coast, they they weren't too bad. They um, they didn't disgrace themselves. No, not, not at all. So, you know, they were in touch at quarter time. It was a, a, a poor second quarter, which did it with five goals to one. Um, but to their credit, and this is what, West Coast to be looking for is that uh, with a young side uh, and some a lot of inexperience, particularly at waffle level, they've got a lot of top-up players. Uh, they came out after half-time and won that third quarter, three goals to nil. That's right. So, um, you know, that that's a great result. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, 
not the straightest kicking from East Perth, so it could have been a little worse. But um, you know, you can give credit to West West Coast as well for especially Brett Bazo. Yeah, Brett Bazo especially he was sensational. Not only the he twenty-seven was. possessions, but also the thirteen marks as well. Bit in midfield and a bit down back as well. Very versatile player is Rep Bazo. Uh, Callum Jameson as well showed his class under pressure, and uh, Jared Garlett with the three goals. So the Eagles didn't disgrace themselves, but uh, East Perth just too much class everywhere uh, up the ground. They can still get the double chance no matter what happens in round twenty. Yep, they can. And, and that's exactly what they'll be looking for. And um, just on West Coast, you know, it was it was really good to see that at the back end of the year, um, some of their AFL list of players having a, a real dip as well. I saw um, Isaiah Winder mm. uh, picking up a lot of footy. You mentioned Bazo. Jamison's, you know, growing in confidence, we hope. And, um, yeah, there was some really good contributors. Absolutely. A good sign there for the Eagles in 2024. But East Perth, just too good. Let's go to the ladder after round 19. One round still to go. East Fremantle on top 13 wins. A game clear of Subiaco and East Perth who are on 48 points. Peel Thunder and Claremont fourth and fifth respectively. West Perth, a win outside but can still make it but have to have results go their way, not just with a win over East Perth in round 20. Swan Districts, that loss to Claremont has cost them any hope of a finals berth in 2023. South Fremantle, Perth, and the West Coast Eagles rounding out the bottom half of the ladder. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. You're with Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. All right. An exciting time for the votes. <laughs> Your favourite. Absolutely. The votes for the Around the Waffle Player of the Year. Let's kick it off right. One vote, Stefan Gyro of Subiaco. 32 disposals, but also nine inside 50s. His service to the forward line, impeccable. Two votes, Fraser Turner of East Fremantle. Easily his best game. Wow. Easily his best game. I mean, his, his transition from South Australia to WA this season has been very, very good. He's really adapted to the WAFL style, and his clearance work, too, was so important for East Fremantle, especially in that third quarter. Yeah, it was. Um, the thing I do with the votes, Paul, I like to not look at them before you give them to me, so I like to be surprised. So we go through these games. I thought Fraser Turner might have been getting four or five. So I'm interested to see who you've slotted in ahead of him, but he, he has been uh, awesome and a really good addition for East Fremantle. Certainly has been. Uh, three votes, Hamish Brayshaw of uh, East Perth, 27 disposals. His all-round performance was outstanding. And as you said, really enjoying his footy this season and a three-goal game as well. Four votes goes to Jai Bolton of Claremont. And it's the first time he has polled in a while, but it was one of his better games in the last month and a half. You know, his effectiveness when disposing the football had been coming into question, but he really, like I said, he put them to bed on uh, on Saturday. 31 disposals, six marks, and his work in the clearances was sensational. And I like that you've included context because that was a critical game for Claremont. To win. So, um, you know, a well-deserved four votes. Hamish Brayshaw as well, by the way. So goal-kicking midfielders I love. So I can understand why you've slotted them in there. So I'm interested to see who gets it. The, the around the waffle goal. top gun of round 19 is Zach Guadnan of West ah, Perth. Yeah. I mean, okay. the 15 marks, intercept, clutch in that last quarter. I yeah. mean, clutch should be his middle name. I mean, you look at his mark in the grand final last year and a lot of the games this year where West Perth have been able to come back and win. One of those big hands has been Zach Guadnan and the 15 marks really show. Uh, yes, and I can understand this and, you know, controlled it for West Perth. And that was a tight game as well. So um, certainly wasn't easy to find the footy uh, against Peel. And, 
you know, he, he stood steadfast in defence for, for the Falcons. He certainly did. Let's go to the leaderboard after round 19. Aiden Clark and Zach Clark both failed to poll, but they mm-hmm. still retained the top two placings. Aiden Clark from Swan Districts leads, and it's Zach Clark on 16 for Subiaco in second. Jai Bolton's up to third with those uh, four votes. He's got 15. Tyler Keitel on 12. Those four are now the only ones remaining that can win the Around the Waffle Player of the Year. Jarvis Pina on 11, Mitch Crowden on 10, Luke Meadows, Milan Murdoch on 9, and Hamish Brayshaw rounding out the top 10 on 8. So it's down to four with just one round remaining. And four quality players too. I reckon Clark will win it. Which Clark? No, I'm not telling. Oh, you're keeping it in suspense, aren't you? I'm just hedging my bets. <laughs> no, Aiden Clark's had a, an awesome season. So he, he, um, yeah, and you know, with particularly with our interaction on this podcast with some of the Swan Districts fans and and the coach last week as well, it's been really cool to learn about the the young players that they've got coming through. And he, he's had a fantastic season. Certainly has. Yeah. Let's let's get our fans involved in that discussion. Now, those four players, those top four. Who will win the Around the Waffle Player of the Year? Let us know in the comments below or on our social posts as well, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Is it Aiden Clark, Zach Clark, Jai Bolton, or Tyler Keitel? Who you think is going to win the Around the Waffle Player of the Year? Let us know. We really appreciate your feedback. That does it for today's show. For a great job as always. I'll see you on Thursday. Thanks, Paul. Look forward to it. We're looking forward to seeing you as well, our listeners and viewers all around West Australia and around the football world. A huge round 20 coming up with the final five to be decided. We've got socials in operation facebook twitter and instagram give us a big thumbs up we really do appreciate it be sure to tune in thursday when we preview round 20 around the waffle is produced by Backchat studios and lives on the acast creator network you can find the show's social channels by searching around the waffle or the Backchat podcast Backchat double underscore